0: Amen and amen. Hey, I am super duper excited. I got kids. I am super duper excited about today because we're kicking off a brand new series. It's been six weeks since I've been up here to just talk to you guys, and it just feels so good to be back with you guys. I hope you guys were blessed by the Blessed Life series. Were you guys blessed? Such a challenging, such a life-giving message, uh, no matter what point you are with your relationship with Jesus, it was just a blessed time to have. And so as we were getting ready, I had lots and lots of time with God just to spend with him uh, during those six weeks just to kind of get the rest of this year developed and the direction that we're going. And let me tell you, church, we're excited for the direction that he's taking us, not because of the fact that we're here gathering on a Sunday, it's because of what he's doing in your guys' life. You know, one of the biggest blessings I've had is the testimonies you guys will share with me uh, as times goes on. You guys are saying, hey, I've been following what God wants me to do, and this is what God's been doing in my life, or or I'm allowing him to kind of do this, and I've been having these breakthroughs. And let me tell you something, as excited as I am about it, I think Jesus is more excited. I believe all of heaven is rejoicing because of what God is doing in your life. It's a big party up there. Even when one person, the Bible says, comes to Christ for the first time, that all of heaven rejoices, all of heaven. And I believe that uh, as they rejoice, we should be rejoicing too about the breakthroughs that are happening in your life. So if you have a story, share it with somebody so God can do something in their life. I know people shared their stories with me and that broke so much in my life. And I started saying, God, I want that for my life. And God says, I can give that for you in your life. And that's how I got to learn. Learn who the Lord was. And so I'm excited for this next series called Spiritual Disciplines. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, Spiritual Disciplines. You know, and it's, it's really a, a, a word that can kind of go over our heads sometimes or not quite understand. And I'm going to talk a little bit about it. Uh, but I want to remind you, before we get into the series of spiritual principles, let's talk about Jesus for a little bit, okay? Uh, when you look in the scriptures of Jesus, when he's here on earth, he had the three-year ministry that he had, three, three-and-a-half years of ministry on earth, walking with 12 disciples, doing what he was called to do right before he went to the cross, and we look at his lifestyle and we hear his teachings, did you know the way he lived and what he taught always lined up according to the Father's heart? I'll say that again if you didn't know. The way Jesus lived on earth and how he taught people lined up to the Father's heart. His life was teaching us and the people at that time how to live the way God wants us to live. When you actually look in Matthew, here's some homework. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, not verses, Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, that's your homework to go home with. If you guys can get into those teachings uh, this week, it really is going to set you up for the rest of the series, because really that's where we're going to base a lot of um, what we're talking about out of that, but that's the Sermon on the Mountain, his famous Sermon on the mountain. Other, other uh, Bibles will say it's the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes it's, it's the blessed teachings that he gives us during that time. And I love it because Ro- Pastor Robert Morris uh, in the video series kind of joked about it and how he was uh, with a multitude of people. And, 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 and when he stopped to distribute the bread or whatever, he kind of went, excuse me. And I love that part is because that's how many people were there. It was a multitude of people. But it's that day where he teaches so much. He really revolutionizes uh, uh, our thinking on earth. He brings kingdom to earth and says, this is how we should live. And I love it because when you finish the stories of the Beatitudes of Jesus' teaching on how we should live, how the blessed life works, what God requires us to do, what the new covenant's about, how we pray, how we give, how we serve, when he talks about every single area, the Bible says at the end of his teachings that the crowds were amazed. Who's ever been amazed about something? You know when I was amazed? When I did that bottle flip challenge with the half bottle and I flipped it and I got it. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's the bottle flip where it's like halfway full. Everyone's, who's tried it? Come on, don't leave me alone. Who's tried the bottle flip challenge? You know, and it's when you grab the it's halfway. Give me my water bottle. Give me water. There, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. The objective of this is to get it on its top like this. But the bottle flip challenge is literally, see, it's not amazing. It's not amazing. I'll try it two more times. I'll try it one more time. Here we go. Okay, bonus round. Last one, I promise. Ah, okay. But if I would have landed it, if I would have landed it, how amazing would it have been? You guys would have been all like, woo, do it again. Woo. And I would have walked away and dropped the mic. You know saying? <laughs> Who's ever been amazed on something in life? Where, where you, you're like, whoa, that was amazing. When Jesus spoke on these teachings, when he talked to the to the people in the mountains, and he, he talked about the beatitudes, the Bible says that the crowds were amazed. And when something's amazing, it's impacting, it's 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 eye-opening, it's inspiring, it's encouraging. Because I guarantee if I hit that bottle the way it's supposed to be, you're going to go home and say, I can do it too. And you're going to want to do the same thing. <laughs> guarantee it. Because it amazed you. And so when Jesus spoke these teachings, what he was doing was he was implementing spiritual uh, principles, spiritual disciplines in these people's lives to say, "Hey, follow this way." And when the crowd, when he was done, the crowds were amazed by his teachings, is what the Bible says, because he spoke with authority. He spoke with authority. I know as a father when I talk to my kids and they didn't hear me the first time, and I get the tone of voice on, like, "Hey, did you take the trash out like I asked?" I didn't get mad. I just spoke with authority as a father. And I, my kids will line up. I was on it, Dad. I was on it. And they do what they have to do. And I love it because Jesus takes that approach. He takes it, he takes the father's heart, and he puts it in words. And he spoke these uh, disciplines to these people. You know, spiritual disciplines, if that kind of that, that phrase is going in your head, really it's just taking what God's teaching us and making it into a regular practice. That's it. Just taking what God is teaching us and putting it into everyday practice in our life. And the reason why we have to put it into everyday practice in our life is because it needs our life needs to produce the fruit of the kingdom of God on earth. Fruit needs to come out of us when we face opposition in life, when hardships come, when when things don't go our way. The fruit of God needs to come out of our life. And Jesus was teaching that to the people so they can live freedom on earth. You know, Paul, in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, Paul writes this to the church of Galatia. He said, and to us, but the fruit of the Spirit, and I'll say it again, but the fruit Of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Anything against such things, there is no law. Did you guys catch that? But the fruit of the Spirit. Not the fruits of the Spirit. And I believe a lot of believers miss that one point and missing the whole point of what God's teaching us. You know, when we look at the, the, the fruits here, the fruit here, you see peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all of it. God's saying that is one fruit, okay? I know when I, when I first heard this for the first time, I, I, I analyzed my life, and I said, okay, I'm good with my joy. I can love. Peace is hard, though. You know, patience, forget it. It's out the window. <laughs> kindness, I, I can work at. Goodness, yes. Faithfulness, Lord, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm gentle sometimes. Self-control, eh, it depends how I feel. I don't know about you, but I've done that. Because I've, I've for a, a moment, I thought that those were different fruits. I kind of looked at it as, um, um, what's that Chiquita banana lady that has a basket on her head? That's how I looked at it. There's a banana, there's a grape, there's a, you know, a, a mango, there's, there's a watermelon. Well, that's heavy on your head, a watermelon. You know what I'm saying, though. And we treat this one scripture as if it's a basket of fruits. And God's saying, no, 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 you're missing the point. If you would understand that this is the fruit of the Spirit, that means if you abide by how my teachings um, I invest into you and live those way, you would discipline yourself for all of them to come out, all of them to come out with the help of the Holy Spirit. And so to to eliminate ourselves to saying, man, I grew up in an impatient home, so yeah, I'm probably not going to be a patient person, is a lie. It's a lie. If you grew up thinking, man, my parents were out of control, they had no self-control, so I don't have self-control, so yeah, I'll I'll be good with everything else, but that's the part I'm going to really struggle. It's a lie. Throw it out the window. Because God is saying the one fruit is all of that right there. That you have the power, you have the strength when you face hostility, opposition, uh, hardships to allow these fruits to come out of your life or fruit to come out of your life so you're able to practice what God wants you to practice here on earth. Try him one time. Try him. The fruit of the Spirit. So the question is this. Why do we have to walk in a spiritual discipline on this earth? Why is it so important that these things right here, these characteristics of the fruit, these characteristics of God, why do they have to manifest out of our life? Why? And the question or the answer is this. Get ready. Because sin is real. Sin is real. The reason why Jesus spoke in the first place at that mountain, to the people. The reason why Jesus gave his life was to conquer sin. And what he does not want us to do is the moment we come to Jesus, we don't live for him anymore. We don't allow the fruit of his spirit to produce out of us anymore. So what Jesus did was, before I'm about to do all this at the cross, I'm going to teach you some things that you need to discipline yourself on. So when you discipline yourself and it faces you, You know exactly how to react and what to do and how to resist. Do you know in the garden, when Adam and Eve were there and everything was all good, it was all great, and the serpent comes and he slithers in, he slithered in and slithered out. He slithered in, told him, you can be like a god, and then slithered out. Do you think he would change (laughs) And how he approaches us in life? He's not going to put himself on a billboard. He's going to try to slither in his way, speak a lie, make you believe it, and then slither out and want you to go into destruction. And so Jesus warns us these te- through these teachings of how to live in this earth. James chapter 1, James, the Apostle James says this in uh, chapter 1, 13 through 15. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be the tempted, tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But, everyone say but. But each one is tempted, now listen closely, when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Okay, going on, 15. Then when desires have conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Satan has a process for your life too. Satan has a plan for your life too. We can claim God's plan for our life, but Satan's trying to activate his plan for your life too. And he's followed a process on what he needs to do. And what we need to understand is that God doesn't want us to fall into these traps in life where we feel like we're missing what God is doing in our life. Now, going back to verse 14. The Bible told us that we are drawn away by our own desires and enticed. I don't know about you, but I wonder, what does entice mean? And in the definition, I mean, just a a Google definition, gave it this way, attract or tempt by offering pleasure or advantage. In other words, when I looked at it in the Bible, it says it's a a desire that would draw you away from God to put you where you feel like it's comfortable and you're good there. It puts you away from God because it looks good, it feels good, it smells good, it's all good, and the enemy, that's where he slithers in and he uses that. And here's the thing, it started with our own desires, what the Bible said. There are people I've met that made a poor decision because it was their own desire, and they blame the devil. Oh, stinking devil. That was the devil. Devil, get behind me. And yeah, as much as the devil has a a, a foothold on these things, a lot of times we can stop it in the beginning. We can, can, what is the word? Nip it in the bud, right? What show was that? It's a black and white show back in the day. Thank you. Someone said it. Andy Griffith show. Whoever said that, thank you so much. If you don't know that show, it's a, it's a classic. <laughs> I've never watched it, but I just know it's a classic. <laughs> but a lot of times, before we face anything in life and before we start pointing the finger to the devil, really, we could have stopped it ourselves if we just activated the fruit and let Jesus be Jesus and, 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 and started walking a disciplined life, a spiritual disciplined life. We would have nipped it in the blood. It would have been a done. It would have been over with. But because we choose not to, our desires grow. We want to go, and it entices us. It feels like it calls our name, and we go over there, and before you know it, it's conceived sin. (laughs) And then when you're in sin, it's going to give birth to death. And not a death as I'm going to die, but the word death there, going back to its original translation, it's a separation from God. You're just being separated from God. It's a process that, the, that Satan's trying to do in our lives, even as believers. He wants us to walk away from God ultimately, and God does not want that for our life. So Jesus says you need to have these spiritual disciplines in your life. Have you ever seen, um, yes, have you ever seen uh, online uh, or, or America's Funniest Video or Brain Teasers or whatever those shows are called that we like to laugh at, where they put a kid in a room, okay, to test, and they put a plate and a marshmallow right in front of them. You guys know what I'm talking about? And they record him. The kid doesn't know he's being recorded. And the, and, and the lady will walk in there and says, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll be right back. I have this marshmallow. Please do not eat or touch it. And if you can keep your hands off of it, period, just don't touch it, I will come back with 10 more marshmallows that you can have, and it will be yours. But if you eat or eat that marshmallow, if you eat it, you get no marshmallows. That's it. And the 10 are not yours anymore. Every kid, yes, yes, I can do this. I'm telling you, they timed these kids. They tested, like, 10 kids, okay? And it's funny when you watch it. And, and, and these kids are, are just, I mean, they're just kind of staring at it. They're just looking at it. And it's like the marshmallow's, like, right here. I remember one kid was smelling it. I'm not joking. Look it up. Another kid grabbed it, licked it, put it down. <laughs> Another one bit it and tried to put, like, make it reshaped to make it look normal. I am not joking. Within a minute, they were doing all this. But there was one kid, one kid who looked at it, and, she, and it was a girl. She ended up getting a cup and putting it over because she didn't want to look at it. She just walked away from it and turned her chair. She was the only one that got the 10 marshmallows while everyone else failed miserably. <laughs> And when, you, and when you watch that, we laugh at it because it is a funny thing. It's, a, it's meant to be funny. But when I was watching that, that's no difference to sin in our life. There are times where we know what God says. God says, look, stay away from it. It's bad. Don't do it. It's going to lead to the road of death. You're not going to have a good outcome. There's a dead end. Don't touch it. And when we face it, we treat it like the marshmallow. We just look at it. Some of us is like, well, no one's looking. I'll taste it. And we go into this thing where we fall into this trap, because let me tell you something. I know if I was that kid, if I was that kid, and I tasted it, forget it. It tasted too good, putting it all in my mouth. You don't think, especially when it's food. You just don't think. You regret it later. (laughs) Why did I eat that much? No. Satan knows what he's doing, and and he knows what he's doing when he tries to come and approach us. He wants us to smell it, look how good it is, have a little nibble at it so we can devour it. And when we devour it, guess what he did? Slithers back and lets you fall into destruction. And Jesus says, don't follow that way. That's why we say God's word is final. In our lives, it may not make sense at times, but it's final because he knows what's best for our life. He wants us to live a free life. Yeah, we can talk about grace and truth and how Jesus is 100% grace and truth. Our God is merciful and forgiving. But do not forget that God is also 100% wrath. And that there is going to be a day, one day, where his wrath is going to be poured on here. You don't believe me? Read Daniel, read Isaiah, read Revelations. You'll see. But right now we're in a time of period where God's giving us all this grace and forgiveness and mercy if we would repent and go his way. This is a message that needs to go out to the world and not compromise what the word of God says. Because God wants us to live a life with him forever for eternity. You know, Proverbs 5.22, which, by the way, book of Proverbs, if you can read one a day, keeps the doctor away, whatever you want to say it, it's a great, great book, a book of wisdoms. Match it up with the day, like today's what, uh, the 20, the 17th, I'm off, okay, so that means I read the wrong proverb today. So anyways, if it's the 17th, read Proverbs 17. It's always good, it's a book of wisdom, but check out what Proverbs 5.22 says. Are you guys keeping up with me right now? Okay, check, check, check what Proverbs 5.22 says. It's been six weeks I haven't seen you guys. I've been stewing on this, okay? A wicked man's iniquities entrap him, the Bible says. He is entangled. Everyone say entangled. entangled. He is entangled in the ropes of his own sin. Other translations will say bonded. Others will say chains. Others say just strapped down. But he is entangled in the ropes of his own sin. I was talking to my wife the other day, and we were just kind of going back and forth. We just love bouncing scripture off of each other. And I was explaining to her, man, we have to be careful in life where we, where uh, the sin comes in, the enticement comes in, and it draws us away, and we fall into the sin, and even though we know we're in it, and we're trying to get out of it, there's an entanglement that happens. Mom, come here for a second. This is my mom, guys, if you guys didn't know that. (laughs) And so, and so, she's always in the front row cheering me on. Yeah, baby, I'm so proud of you. And so say, say my mom's right here and I'm, I'm the rope of entanglement and she slips in and I have an entanglement on her. She's aware of getting out or that she's wrong and she wants to get out. And when she tries to get out, go, go back, I, she's entangled with these, these ropes of her own sin. And don't get me wrong, deliverance from Jesus is the answer. But a lot of times we don't go to Jesus because we're ashamed and we want to hide. And we want to say, well, no, we're good, we're good, we don't need to get help. Thanks, mom. Yeah. You know, And so, and so when, you, when, you look, when you look at what the scripture says, he's, the Bible is telling us, God is telling us that when we fall, when we're enticed by our own desires and we fall into sin, these ropes come around us, spiritually speaking. These ropes come around us and they hold us down. And when we're aware that we're stuck, until we come to repentance in Jesus Christ, those things will be cut off. But a lot of times people will not do that. They will hide, thinking they can do it on their own. And you can't, I'm going to say it one more time, you can't. You need Christ to take lead in your life because enticement leads to entanglement. And when you're tangled, man, I have two daughters. And when their hair gets tangled, oh my goodness. Oh my, I'm a dad. I'm not the mom, I'm the dad. And I tried, just yesterday, I'm like going through. My wife was gone for a couple of days, so I had all four kids and we had a great time. It was awesome. But I forgot to comb the girl's hair. (laughs) those two days. And so this morning, actually, this morning, I saw my wife looking at me, smiling, you know, just, you know, like, how bad is it, is what I said, because I knew I forgot. And she's like, pretty bad. (laughs) But I don't know about you, but when I brush my girl's hair, and there's an entanglement, I mean, forget it. Like, oh, man, I don't even know what to say about it, because it's so entangled, it's hard to get out. Now, there is a way, and I do, my best with my daughters, but when it comes to sin, I don't think it's any different. It just becomes a mess in our lives. And that's why God gives us a way out. We just need to understand, church, that sin, and I'm talking to the church, okay? The church, listen to me right now. Sin is no joke. Don't compromise the word of God. It is no joke for our life, especially a time of today when we know the Lord is drawing nearer and nearer and nearer. Okay? It's a trap. So living a spiritual, disciplined life reveals those traps. When we follow through with what God says, God will reveal what's before us so we don't fall into it. Uh, Psalms 119, 104, I think is the best way to say it and how God uh, words it. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light on my path. A lamp to my feet, a light to my path. See, the purpose of light or a lamp is to expose or to see what's in front of you. That's the purpose of a light, to expose or to see what's in front of you. Because God wants to show you what is good in your life. But he also wants to show you what is bad in your life. And you have to take that. Because God knows best for your life. So what is the first spiritual principle we're going to be talking about in this series? Number one, are you guys ready? Here we go. The very first spiritual discipline that we need to exercise on a daily basis is the Word of God. Everyone say the Word of God. God. Read your Bible. Read your Bible here right now because that is God's living word for you. And we're going to dive into it in a little bit. And don't get me wrong, I know there are days we get tired, I know there are days that we're too busy, but let me remind you that the word of God is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path, so when you see or when you stumble, you will know what's before you and you can resist or run from it and not go that route. You look at it through the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation, from table of contents to maps. You'll see it in the Bible where God is always directing his people to be in the word of God. Read the scriptures. Read your Bible. Do it on a daily basis. Meditate on it. Joshua 1.8, the Bible says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, everyone say, for then. Amen. For then you will make your ways prosperous. And then, everyone say, and then. Amen. And then you will, be, you will have good success. The answer to your life is the word of God. And God is saying for us to be in his word, do his word, meditate on his word every single day of our lives, every single day. You see, prosperity and success, it begins by meditating on the word of God. It's really filling yourself up. Uh, meditation. A lot of times we can get the wrong definition because of an earthly meditation. I, I mean, when we look to the earth meditation, it's really emptying yourselves out. You know, finding peace and tranquility, whatever that means. You know, you're, you're emptying yourself out. And and don't get me wrong, but any, you know whether it's right or wrong, I don't know, and I don't care. But here's what I'm saying is, it's not God's meditation that He's talking about. You know, I've had people say, well, when I do that, I just think of Jesus. Well, okay, that's fine. That means you're not doing it their way, or the right way. But here's what I am saying. True meditation from the kingdom of God and, and, and God himself is not about emptying yourself out. It's about filling yourself in with his word. It's about filling yourself with the word of God. Meditating on it. It's taking what's in the Bible, letting it come here, memorizing it, pondering on it, talking about it, quoting it, speaking it, writing it, doing everything so it can sink into here. Sink right here. I've challenged myself a few years back. I said, one day, if I ever face persecution and someone stole my Bible, took my Bible and said no more, and they forcefully got it out of my hands, will I know your word, God? And that challenged me, I want to know your word more and more. Because as much as they take that away, it'll be here. And so my life goal is to continue to get into God's word so I know what he has for my life. (laughs) A lot of people think, (laughs) well, this is going to sound bad. I won't say it then. All right, so (laughs) never mind. (laughs) All I know is the reason why I can quote scripture to people is because I meditate on his word and it's in here It's not here because typically things come in and they just go out Like that's just the, the way of my thinking, okay But if I can get the scripture here and let it sink here, this will never ever go out It'll never go out So never limit yourself, never compare yourself of knowing or what you know Just get it here so it can get into here every day, and you will be amazed of how powerful and how much God's word speaks with authority in your life. And before you know it, you're helping someone else out because this came out of your heart. You're able to speak encouragement. You're able to do something. It reveals those traps. Literally just want to teach you guys this. I want you to live a free life on earth. That's all I want you guys to do is live this free life on earth. Sink God's word in here. It's so important. We read first uh, Joshua 1, 8, Old Testament. Check out what New Testament says about the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. The Bible says, all scripture is God-breathed. Now take a breath. Think about that for a second. All scripture is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Okay? 17. So that the servant of God, guess what? You are the servant of God. He's talking to all of us here. So I'm going to re-say that. So that you and me may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. For every good work. Our desire here now as believers is to not just have Jesus as Lord and Savior, but to grow in our walk with God, to grow in our character of who we are, to improve things in our life so that God can have the glory. And we need to understand is if we want growth in our life, then we need to be in our Bible every day. We need to make sure we fuel ourselves up every day. In Acts 17, there's a story in the Bible where... Um, uh, uh, Paul teaches uh, these certain Jews called the, uh, the Berean Jews. Um, and as they come and, and Paul kind of leads them and, and teaches them the scripture, the Bible says that they're always amazed uh, about the teachings of Paul, of Jesus Christ. That's because Paul's teaching with authority, that's why. And so as he's teaching them, the Bible says that they're always amazed, but they were counted as noble character. They were different. They, were, they had more noble character in their life because they did one thing. And I'm going to show you this. Verse 16 to 17, all right? Uh, oh, sorry. Verse 11. Uh, now the Baryan Jews were of more noble character than those of the Thessalonica. For they received the message with great eagerness. That means they heard what Paul said. They accepted what Paul taught them. And examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. What counted them as more noble than other people was they didn't just go to church, they went to their Bible on Monday through Saturday. They didn't just expect uh, uh, Pastor Paul to give them all they need to be fed, they fed themselves through the Word of God. And that was a practice, and God called them of noble character because they examined Scripture every single day. We need to examine our our word, go through Scripture every single day to see the growth in our lives happen. See, the process of learning is also the process of searching Scripture we want to be disciples of Jesus. We want, to, we want to be students of Christ. Then we have to understand it. It requires us to follow the process of searching his scriptures. There, there's a, there's a, a verse in the Bible that talks about it where it says, search his word like hidden treasure. I remember being a kid and we would mark an X in the playground or in my backyard and someone would hide a dollar or whatever it was. Or Easter eggs today. I mean, there's always about the golden egg. You know, and, they, and, and as kids, we, we are so intentional. We get dirty. We get, we, we, we look around. We want hints. We want, we look, give me more hints. Show me where to go. What area? Are we here? And I think that characteristic as a child should be applied as when we search the word of God. God, help me. Give me another hint, Lord. Give me another revelation. Show me a new insight. I want to see it your way, God. I don't quite understand it. What else do you have in here? God is faithful to reveal because he says when you ask for his wisdom his wisdoms in the word when you ask for his wisdom in your life he is generous enough to give it to you you don't have to work for it you probably don't even deserve it because you're his child he says i'm going to give it to you who's ever given a child your kid something they didn't deserve like a certain toy this come on be honest that's me you were naughty all week here you go happy birthday you know <laughs> We need to understand, though, that God, when we ask for his wisdom and his way, he is going to reveal it to us. He's going to give it to us. He's going to show us, but we have to give the effort, we have to give the effort to search the scriptures for ourselves. You see that process throughout the Bible. I mean, we were created, did you know you were created, I was created to walk hand in hand with God? We were created to walk with God every single day of our lives. To talk with God, to read about God, to get into Scripture, to to pray. I mean, we were created to walk hand in hand with God because, like a fish in the water and a bird in the air, when we're with the presence of God, we're in our element. We're in our element. Pull a fish out of the water, put a bird in the water, or pull fish out of the water, throw them in the air. Pull uh, a bird and throw them in the water. They're out of their element. But put them back in their atmosphere, they're in their element. And that's the same thing with us in the presence of God. When we are not walking hand in hand with God, we are out of our elements, and we feel life. We feel it so much to the point where we want to give up. But when we're in our element with God, when we walk hand in hand with God, we are doing what we are created to do. We are breathing the oxygen of God. You see, Adam, when he was created in the garden, the Bible says that Adam walked With God, The Bible says Noah walked with God. The Bible says Abraham walked with God, that Moses walked with God, that Joshua walked with God, that David was after God's heart because they understood the elements that what they were created to be was to be with God and to walk with God and to listen to his teachings and do what he wants them to do. And we should, too, church. We should, too. And we need to discipline ourselves to continue to do what God wants us to do. You see, we trap ourselves when we when we don't discipline ourselves. We all face traps, by the way. We all men. Are you in the house? You ready for me to talk to you for a second? We all have that man's battle. It's all there. It's just up to you: Are you going to fall in a trap or not? Will you fall in a trap or not? I speak this to my men's group a lot, and I know it's always a room just full of men. But we need to understand that. There is a trap out there especially today that you need to be careful with. That God does not want you to fall but he will reveal it to you if you follow his word and it is possible to overcome every single trap. It is possible to overcome every single one no matter how the world throws it at us. You have the power in you to overcome that trap. And anyway, you see Jesus said to us now to everybody. Jesus said to us, "Go and make Disciples. Go and make disciples. And if we're in the business of let's go make disciples, you have to understand that that word disciple, the root words of it is discipline and student, so we can learn. And if we have the desire to go make disciples, because that's what scripture tells us to do, it starts with us. We need to become the student. We need to become the learner. We need to become the one that disciplines ourselves here on earth. Because the ultimate goal is that we want to be disciplined disciples for Christ. And when we are, you're going to see God's grace grow in your life. It's going to grow. It's there. But you'll see more of God in the midst of hardships as you walk this. You'll see the kingdom of God manifest in your life. You'll start seeing the fruit of the Spirit manifest in your life. And you'll also see God's purpose in your life of why you were created to do. So I'm going to close it with this, with an activation. Everyone say activation. This activation is for you to practice now and take what we're learning and, t- and, and, and bring it home and start doing it. So how do we activate this in our life is the question. How do we activate this one spiritual discipline, getting in God's word every single day in our life? Because, Jesse, you don't understand my schedule, or I'm a third shifter, or I work second shift, or I have little kids. I, I, I understand that. I get it. But if you wanna be a disciplined student of Jesus Christ, how about we get up just a little bit earlier? Just a little bit earlier, 15 minutes earlier. Spend your day, uh, spend your time with God before your day starts. One of the things I love doing, to be honest with you, is waking up before my kids go up because kids wake up because I know in the morning it's gonna be chaotic. It's gonna get crazy. Toast is gonna to burn, you know, hairs are gonna get tangled, you know, bickering's gonna happen. Why are you looking at me? You know? Milk's going to be spilled. It's going to happen. And I know that. I know that. And I have to continue to walk in the spirit, walk in the spirit, walk in the spirit. <laughs> you see, I know what my day's about to bring. And I know the business I'm going to run into. So I need to understand that then for me to do what God wants me to do to discipline myself, I'm going to wake up a little bit earlier. And I say that because a lot of you guys know what your day is going to look like tomorrow. You know what Monday looks like for you. You know the routine. And the excuse is, well, I'm too busy. Yeah, you'll be busy tomorrow, but what can you do to put God before that? And so one of the things I love doing is waking up a little bit earlier before my kids and my wife. And I just, I dive in my word. Even if it's 10 to 15 minutes, I just dive in my word. And then I start praying for my kids' day. I have their pictures up. I pray for their day. I thank you for a good day. I pray over my wife. And then I pray for myself. (laughs) Lord, I'm about to wake them all up. Here we go. <laughs> and then I wake them up. And my busyness day starts. But guess what? What's the difference? God's with me. I put him first. He's blessing my day. Even when I want to yell. Even when I yell, he graces me to learn from that. And there are moments, many, many moments, where I went on my knee and I looked at my daughter in her eye or my son in her eye and said, I am sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And they always say, I forgive you, Daddy. Because I am learning to allow God to be first. So one of the things I love doing is waking up early, but not only that, put a scripture before you go on your head before you go to bed. Let God be the first and the last of your day. Treat it like a meal. You get hungry, you you're gonna eat. You're willing to stop your busy schedule, no matter how busy it is, so you can go and get something to eat. Because you know, man. I I don't work well I don't work well is what we say I don't work well when I'm hungry okay and we are so adamant about that and we let the world know hey you want to work with me feed me I need food we understand that we should have that same attitude when it comes to well I don't I don't live well if I'm not in my word with my God and we gotta let the world know no let me get in my word first oh you're lucky I read my Bible today so I was gonna yell but I'm not gonna yell have you had those moments? I have. What'd you say? I'm <laughs> okay. God's word is a discipline we all should be in every single day that we should dive in, meditate, and do. Marriages will go well. Finances will go well. Children will go well. Parenting will go well. Your job will go well. <laughs> when you're driving down the road... And you stuck in traffic and you forgot to give yourself a little bit of margin to get to your job and the train comes and all happens it'll go well with you you'll have a whistle in your heart that will come out of your mouth I'm telling you that right now his word is final in our life and when you let his word be final and you can constantly practice put it to regular pattern into your life you'll see God grow um, your life so get up early is a way to activate that in your life. Spend some time with God throughout the day. Number two would be you know, listen to podcasts, listen to teachings. Technology, technology today is so huge. I have in this device. I have Joyce Meyer teachings. I have uh, Kenneth Hagin teachings. I have Robert Morris's. I got everything in there, and I got Subway Surfer for some reason. So my kids got my phone. <laughs> it's popping out right now. All I'm saying is there's a technology, I I didn't download that stuff. I'm just saying technology made it that easy for me to tap into anyone. Someone can recommend someone to me, oh, let me check that out real quick. It's there. We have it in the palm of our hands. We know what this is because most of us are in it like 90% of the day on Facebook or something. I'm just being honest. Let this not be an enemy to take up your time. Let this be an ally to spend time with God. You don't have a Bible right now. Well, Jesse, I don't have a hard copy. Guess what? You version. It's a free app. You got like 25 translations in there. It's a tool to use. Use it. I remember when I worked at a factory for some, some years, about five years, I that's all I did throughout the day, eight to 10-hour shifts. They gave me the privilege to do that. I know some jobs don't, but take advantage of what you have. And I'm telling you something, there was the download that happened. And a lot of what I teach today is a lot, a lot what I've learned during those years. And I got to digest that. That's activating God in your life. And the third one I'll give you, there's many, many more, but for time's sake, here's the third one. Have a devotional group to connect with. Those that love Jesus just as much as you love Jesus, that dive in the word with you. You need people around you that are God-fearing as well too. And that would say, hey bro, that's not the right way to go. The The word doesn't tell us to do that. You need those people in your life. You need them in your life. God's called them in your life. You are that friend into their life as well too. And it's not to harm or hurt you or to strip fun away from you. It's to save your eternity. It's to save you from the death of separation from you and God. It's to save you from the entanglement of the ropes of sin because once you're in, it's hard to get out. It'll save you a lot of heartache, heartbreak. You need a group to be in. Res Life you Vida here, this church here, make this a part of your group. Bring people to this group so they can receive as well too. We have bridge groups that are going on. Ask, ask Julia, who's the director of our bridge group, hey, what are some groups out there that I can connect with or what do I need to do to begin process of, of, of creating a group? Whatever it is, training, whatever it is, get yourself in a group. If you know two or three people in your life, create a devotional lifestyle with them. I know there are times with technology where you can do that now through phone. Hey, I saw that you didn't keep up with our devotion that we're doing together. Accountability comes. Whatever it takes is what I'm saying. Whatever it takes, discipline yourself to get in God's word. Because his word is gonna see you through every obstacle, every trial. His word is gonna remind you. And when the spirit of God and the word of God come together, you're untouchable. You're untouchable on this earth. Hardships will come, problems will come, mountains will try to fall on you, but the spoken word out of your mouth that's coming out of your heart is going to make that mountain cast to the sea of forgetfulness forever because it started with the word. Well, Jesse, I thought that was faith. Well, faith comes by hearing the word of God. That's what I'm trying to say. The only way you can have that faith is by hearing the word of God. That's it. It's what the Bible says. And if you would have read your Bible, you would have known that. Am I passionate, baby? <laughs> Look, church, I know I said I was gonna close it, but I can't stress it enough. <laughs> like 90% of my conversations that I have with people of them not able to overcome something is because they don't know what the scripture says. The Bible says my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge, not because of sin. Sin was over was overcome but because they just don't know what my word says. That's it. They're being destroyed because they don't know. They know how to discipline themselves to get in the word of God. If they would know, they would speak, they would do. they would avoid, they would resist, they would say no to that relationship. I don't care what I feel, I don't care what you say, I don't care what you sing to me. No, because it's gonna lead me to sin and I don't wanna be separated from my God forever. Am I speaking to somebody? The word of God. Everyone say the word of God. It's eternal. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know that the only two things in this entire life, in this earth, this world, everything uh, that are eternal are the word of God and people? Everything else is temporal. Everything else has an expiration date. Everything else is not going to make it. The Word of God and people are eternal. That's the only two things on this earth. And then test it. Think about it. What else is eternal? Nothing else. You, me, and the Word of God, we're eternal. We will step into eternity one way or another. Is it going to be with God or without God? That's the question. And so what we want to do at Res Life is try to get the Word of God, bridge something to the people so they can have an explosive force for the kingdom of God. And so when it's time to go home with the Lord, they're going home with the Lord. You all good. You guys read your Bible every day. I know that, right? (laughs) The word of God should be priority in our life. Dive in it. Saturate yourself in it. Meditate on it day and night. Things will go well for you. It's his promise to you. It'll give you direction when it's foggy. It'll give you clarity when you don't know what to do. It'll help you with every life decisions in your life. Follow his way. Don't compromise his way. And when you don't quite understand something, that's okay. Let him know. I don't quite understand this. He will reveal it to you later or at that time or whatever when he wants to do on his timing. Just don't stop reading.